What a beautiful sunny day today. Good day to be in Freistadt, Missouri. Um, so, uh, before we uh, get started with the worship service, it, I think it'd be a good idea. I forgot to do this last time. Uh, so, we should probably stand up and greet each other with a good morning and God's blessings. And if you happen to see a, a visitor, make sure you shake their hand firmly and welcome them. So, let's go ahead and do that. Good morning and welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I am Scott George, your announcer for the 8th Sunday after Pentecost. Lay Minister Bruce Sletton will be delivering today's message. Assisting in the worship service is organist Mrs. Susan Seniger and acolytes Gabby James and Jordan Kleibach. Today's order of service is at Trinity www.trinity1874.com. Radio broadcast today is sponsored by St. John's Lutheran Church. Stones Prairie, and dedicated to the glory of God. May God bless us as we okay, worship together. Okay, let's find our seats. And we'll get started. Now you're sure in the right pew now. Don't get in the wrong pew. That'd, that'd be something. Okay, so uh, why don't we begin with a word of prayer, and we'll, we're, we're all here, and so let's invite Jesus to be here too. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for this yet again beautiful morning, a morning to be alive and well, and to be here in your house of worship, to sing your praises, to hear your word, and then to pray. So I would ask, Lord, that you be with us this morning, and bless this worship service and all who are here. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand. And so we begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. If we, can, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sin, God who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God, our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we have done, by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, has, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all your sins. So then, and in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The opening hymn is All People That On Earth Do Dwell. Hymn 791, stanzas 1 through 3. Hymn 791, stanzas 1 through 3.
Hear this, all peoples. Hear, all the of the world. Both low and high. Truly no man can ransom another. For the ransom of their life is costly. This is the path of those who have foolish confidence. Like sheep, they are appointed for Sheol. But God will ransom my soul for the power of Sheol. Hear this, all peoples, both low and high. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God and for the unity of all, Let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Lord be with you. Let us pray. O Lord, grant us wisdom to recognize the treasures you have stored up for us in heaven, that we may never despair, but always rejoice and be thankful for the riches of your grace, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. The Old Testament reading for this morning comes from Ecclesiastes, beginning at the first verse. I should tell you that uh, this book of Ecclesiastes, which was written by King Solomon uh, later on in his life, 
It's a fantastic book of the Bible to read. You can actually read it in about 40 minutes. And this is a reflection. He was the king, right? King of Jerusalem. And after his life comes close to the end, he reflects on his life. And part of this is going to be used in today's sermon message. And you'll notice right off the top in the ESV, it says, Vanity of Vanities, which is an exclamation of his. Uh, he uses it 37 times in Ecclesiastes, so it must be an important word. In the um, NIV, it's vanity instead of vanities and vanities. It is meaningless, meaningless. And so you'll hear that in, in the message uh, later on. So let's begin. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. I, the preacher, have been king over Israel in Jerusalem. And I applied my heart to seek to, and to search out by wisdom all that is done under heaven. It is an unhappy business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. I have seen everything that is done under the sun. And behold, all is vanity and a striving after wind. I hated all my toil in which I toil under the sun, seeing that I must leave it to the man who will come after me. And who knows whether he will be wise or a fool. Yet he will be master of all for which I toiled and used my wisdom under the sun. This also is vanity. So I turned about and gave my heart up to despair over all the toil of my labors under the sun. Because sometimes a person who has toiled with wisdom and knowledge and skill must leave everything to be enjoyed by someone who did not toil for it. This also is vanity and a great evil. What has a man from all the toil and striving uh, enjoyed uh, of the heart which he toils beneath the sun? For all his days are full of sorrow, and his work is vexation. Even in the night his heart does not rest. This also is vanity. There is nothing better for a person than he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil. This also, I saw, is from the hand of God. For apart from him, who can eat or who can have enjoyment? For to the one who pleases him, God has given wisdom and knowledge and joy. But to the sinner, he has given the business of gathering and collecting, only to give to the one who pleases God. This also is vanity and a striving after the wind. This is the word of our Lord. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Their voice has gone out to all the earth. And their words to the ends of the world. Can we have the children come forward for the children's message and the mighty mites? Children's message today is by John Clybaker. Farmer builds a barn. Let's try that again. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Hey, all right. That's a lot better. Very, very good. I want to share a story with you this morning. Big people out there in the congregation, if you want to look at the gospel message today, it'll give you a hint as to what we're going to be talking about this morning, the children's message. So, as I like to do, I went into Dylan's room this morning and I found some things that I thought might be helpful. Here's my story. I'm going to illustrate my story with some things that you guys might be familiar with. Today, I brought along Woody. Many folks know who Woody is. One of the most famous cowboys, right? But today, he's a farmer, okay? Woody the farmer. Would somebody come and hold up Woody for me? All right? Cordell, thank you. Just hold him up there so everybody just kind of has an idea. All right, well... Woody is a very successful farmer, and he was really fortunate. Woody had planted his crops, and he grew things like corn and wheat and hay 
a lot like farmers around here do. And so Woody decided that uh, it was time to harvest those crops. It was, uh, they had really done well, he thought, and he was excited about getting out to the field to harvest them. He needed a better, needed a better mechanic than he's got here today because I took the header off of his harvester and I probably should not have done that. Let's see. Okay, somebody that's, that's really good, come here and help me out. Here. All right, hold that up. Make sure that all the big people can see it too. When I was a boy, they didn't detach. Now they do, and it's a whole lot harder for a guy that needs glasses. Anyway, so Woody the farmer got his harvester, his combine, and he went and started harvesting his grain. Oh, my goodness gracious. Now make sure everybody over there can see it too, okay? I'm going to need someone else to come and give me a hand. Cohen, you want to come over here? Now Woody had a barn. Look at Woody's barn. Hold it up really high. Okay, real good. Woody had a barn. What happened? He had such good crops. He filled his barn and didn't have enough room. Woody was excited. He said, oh my goodness gracious, I've got such a good harvest. I'm going to tear down that little old barn. Kenan and Dylan, come over here. That barn's just not big enough. That's just not good enough. Would you guys roll that out and hold it up big and tall for everybody to see? I'm going to build a real barn, Woody the farmer said. Hold it up real high. There you go. Now make sure everybody over here. Now that's a barn, isn't it? Compared to the barn that Cohen's holding up that Woody used to have. Okay, Cohen, put that back in the bag because that barn's gone. Yeah, he, he got rid of that barn. He built a great big barn. And he filled it up completely full. Can you guys see that barn? Here, come over here so that they can see it too. All right. Filled it completely full. That's a lot bigger barn, isn't it? And he said, Woody said, well, I've got so much stuff now. I'm just going to quit working. I'm just going to eat and drink and be merry and have fun and not do anything anymore. I've got my barns completely full. You know what God said? Well, today's your last day on earth. Uh-oh. Woody did all that work. He built those great big barns, got them all completely full, and it's not even his anymore. That's what happened to the man that Jesus talked about in the parable in our gospel lesson today. Guys, you can go ahead and put that all back in the bag. Um, and you can put the great big barn back down, boys. Thank you for your good help. The man worked really hard, and he accumulated a lot of great things, and he was very, very proud of himself because he had done all that work. But what did Jesus tell us is most important? All of our riches and all the things we can accumulate here on earth or something else? What's more important, the great big barn or Jesus' cross? Jesus' cross. I knew you guys knew the right answer. Very good. Jesus tells us, build up riches in heaven, right? It's okay to do good things here on the earth, too. Absolutely. And we can give our money through our offerings to help God's work here on earth but we really need to build up our riches in heaven. How do we do that? We focus on the cross, right? That Jesus died for us and rose again, and that he loved us so much that through the Holy Spirit he gave us faith and baptism. We remember that every Sunday we take communion. Another great way for young people to build up riches in heaven, ask your mom and dad to read the Bible with you right? We can learn so much, and that helps us build our faith and our riches in heaven. Let's join in a word of prayer. Dear Jesus, we thank you so much for all the wonderful things you do give us here on the earth. So many of us are so blessed in so many ways, but we pray that you would help us to remember 
that while all of that is fun and exciting, it's a whole lot more important that we build up riches in heaven and that we look forward to the day we get to spend eternity with you. In your name we pray, amen. All right, you can go back to your seats. The epistle reading comes from Colossians chapter 3, beginning at the first verse. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. And in these, you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you almost must forgive. This is the word of our Lord. Please stand for the Alleluia verse. Gospel according to St. Luke, the 12th chapter. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And when he thought to himself, What shall I do, for I have nowhere to store my crops? And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. The hymn of the day is, O Lord, O that the Lord would guide my ways, hymn 707. Him 707.
Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, here it is. It's August. It's only 143 days till Christmas. I think of these things. Am I the only one, or has the first half of this year just sort of flown by? Before letting July totally slip into the history books, I did want to go back in time a few weeks and make sure we talked about something. It was a period of nine days from July 16th to July 24th, 1969. That happened 50 years ago now. Do you remember? Apollo 11. Pretty big event back in those days, but today is probably not on people's minds quite so much. It's pretty easy to forget. Three astronauts, Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and Mike Collins, we're heading to the moon. Do you remember? 10.32 a.m. Central Time. Liftoff. 5.17 p.m. The lunar module lands on the moon with only 30 seconds of fuel left. 11.56 p.m. Neil Armstrong plants the first step on the moon's surface and says, that's one small step for a man, one giant leap for mankind. They explore the moon's surface for two and a half hours before Armstrong and Aldrin blast off in the module and dock with Mike Collins in the orbiter, Columbia. July 24th, the astronauts return to Earth, splashing down just off Hawaii. They return to parades, numerous speeches, and what seemed like endless television coverage. For a brief time, the entire human race was on the same page, Together, looking beyond the wars and distrust and economic worries down here on Earth, to gaze at and dream about something way up above. But how quickly we all come back to Earth. As Christians, though living in this fallen world, we have things above to which we can always look. And we're not just talking about heaven. Unlike the world's focus on the moon 50 years ago, our focus as Christians isn't primarily on a place. Our looking to things above is looking to a person, Jesus Christ. That means we can look to things above every day, and not just for the then and there, but also for the here and now. When we forget that, we forfeit so much of the joy God intends for us to enjoy here today. In our text this morning, St. Paul encourages us to keep seeking the things above, where Christ is. In his letter to the Colossians, he gives them encouragement and practical advice for their day-to-day -day Christian living. And as he does, he shows all Christians the vital importance of the connection between what Christians believe and how they live. He shows that just as Jesus is all-sufficient, for a believer's faith. Christ is also all-sufficient for their Christian lives. If we go back to chapter 2, verse 12, Paul introduces the thought that in baptism, Christians are buried and raised with Christ. We witnessed this firsthand, didn't we, last Sunday, with the baptism of little McKenna Curl. We know that in baptism there was a washing away of original sin. And the Holy Spirit brings that person to faith. He joins them to Christ and makes them personal sharers in Christ's death and resurrection. Those who are risen with Christ should be so transformed and changed inwardly that they will set their hearts on things above, the blessings and the spiritual treasures. The spiritual treasures include forgiveness, spiritual knowledge, faith, all the fruits that faith produces in Christians' lives, beginning with love. By our baptism, we died to this world and have been raised to heaven. Baptism promises that earthly things, including our sinful flesh, have been drowned, and that a new heavenly man or woman has risen from the water. Paul's encouragement is that we daily and consciously strive to use the spiritual power we have in Christ to refuse to devote our bodies and minds to the service of sin. And what a lesson we can learn from the, this morning's Old Testament reading where King Solomon presents his thoughts on life from two very different perspectives. 
First, he views the world without God. It is from this view that he concludes that everything is meaningless. The word meaningless is used 37 times in Ecclesiastes, so it must be important. The original idea behind the word is breath. A good visual is as we exhale only to, uh, in the wintertime, is when we're outside on a very cold day, we can see our breath as we ex- exhale, but then it quickly disappears. St. James captured this thought when he wrote in James 4.14, What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. And because it is so fleeting and unstable, life does seem to be vain, frustrating, without purpose, empty. In a word, meaningless. It is interesting to note, a little sidebar, that the name Adam and Eve gave their second son Abel is the Hebrew word for meaningless. Perhaps this was their commentary on life after the fall. The unbeliever sees nothing beyond the material world. His sights are focused on what is under the sun, chasing after material things that produce only temporary happiness. We know the old sayings, you can't take it with you, you'll never find a trailer hitch on the back of a hearse. Reminds me of a story. Now you know I had to tell a story. A woman returned home from a shopping spree with her arms loaded with packages. Her husband met her at the door and said, what in the world did you buy? What, with prices as high as they are, I'll bet you spent a fortune. I hate to think of what happened to our nest egg, to which the wife responded, I'll tell you what happened to the nest egg. This hen got tired of sitting on it. To the unbeliever, this life under the sun is totally without purpose. Beneath all the hustle and bustle, the shininess of new things, works the terrible sense of emptiness. The believer, however, sees God hand in everything and so finds peace and contentment and stability in this ever-changing world. The challenge is to remain focused on the things above, but that's not so easy to focus on the things above when we're hard-pressed of things against us here. When we're unemployed, we don't feel very heavenly. It's tough to think about the eternal future when you've got bills to pay. When you're sick, perhaps seriously, heaven isn't necessarily what you want to think about. When you're young and prospering, the family is growing, the career is going great, spiritual blessings don't seem to glitter nearly as brightly as the earthly ones. So for now, our text says the heavenly things are hidden. It's easy to give up and give in to the earthly. Paul reminds us that the things of this world are not what life is all about. Our life is Christ. Even while in this world, it's the things above from where Christ is that count. They're always good, always in rich supply. A pastor once said at a a convention I once, once went to, he said, While we are in this world, we are not of this world. While we are in this world, we are not of this world. A great thing to remember. But keep heart. One day the glory of those things above will reveal to us just as they will be revealed for Christ. Now we're talking about heaven. At that moment, everyone will see just how mundane the things we've been stressing about down here on earth have been. How short have been the months of unemployment, the years of pain, how fleeting the material successes we've spent so much time and energy chasing after. Of course, some would say that's just another moonshot. Christianity offers some pie in the sky here, but what's it good for down here? And you know, 50 years ago, there were a number of people uh, who opposed the space program, saying it was not all that important for life on Earth. Well, St. Paul certainly is pointing us to things above, but setting our minds on things above has everything to do with the way we live now. Paul encourages us to live above earthly things where Christ isn't. Living the life of things above is something we do now. It's kind of like an unborn baby. It's not a potential life. It's not a life to be. He or she is a life in the fullest sense, but just not seen yet. 
And we're living the life of things above right now ever since our baptism. We just can't quite fully see them yet. So we're called to make this life as visible as possible, to be different from lives lived for things below. Paul lists a whole host of sins that reflect what is earthly, things that are great spiritual dangers for us, dangers that can manifest into sinful desires and bad choices with eternal consequences, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry, anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk. And I find it personally interesting that he concludes the list with lying to one another. St. Paul urgently calls us to repentance. Not repentance as it is sometimes misunderstood, which is to say, feeling sorry about something. Paul is calling believers to change their behavior, to live differently. This is always difficult in our culture. Anger has been elevated to the status of moral virtue. I'm outraged. I'm personally offended. And evil insults and shameful speech are the order of the day on social media, it seems. We are, however, to be different. We have a different life one that is not created or preserved by our faithfulness, our consistency in living differently, although we are certainly called to such living. Our life is accomplished by Christ and hidden with him in God. When our hearts are focused on what Christ has already done and upon what he will do one day, the only response we can possibly make to the urgent call to full repentance is faith's response, yes. We're to live our lives focused on the things above and what is yet to come. May our lives be constantly nourished by the gospel and marked by continual growing in faith. In our conscience, concerned, and continuous living for Christ and dying to sin will show that we belong to Christ. So we keep seeking the things above where Christ is. Amen. And we stand for the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is the preaching, teaching, baptizing, and sharing of the love of Christ in our church, our community, and our world. The radio broadcast is made possible by donations to the radio broadcast ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church. Please contact the church office for how you can help. 
quarterly in-gathering of food for the needy was held over the past few weeks, and distribution will take place next week. If you know of a family in need, please contact the church office or the Board of Evangelism. Trinity Choir begins rehearsals for the coming choir season starting August 7th at 6.30. The Trinity Ringers uh, begin on September 4th at 5.30, and Men's Glee begins September 11th at 6.30. All these ministries welcome new members. At the school, Grandparents' Day will be celebrated at Trinity Lutheran School on September 19th. Grandparents, even if you don't have kids in the school, are invited to join us for the special occasion, which will include at noon after lunch has been served. We're looking for volunteer grandparents to help us on September 19th. You may not have students currently enrolled that are willing to stand in that day for those who could not be here. Uh, we hope you can join us. Contact Debbie Trophy at 461 0823 if you're able to volunteer. We now rejoin the congregation during the worship service. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Father, we give you thanks for this day and leading us here so we can worship you. As the beautiful sunrise this morning signals a new day in our lives, your refreshing word gives us the strength to live a life filled with joy and hope. Keep us focused on the things above where Christ is and less concerned about the things of this world that are only temporary. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for the sick, those who struggle with emotional or spiritual issues, those who are hospitalized, those who will be undergoing surgery or tests, those on the road to recovery. We lift up all those in our health list, Melba, Landreth, Janice, Carol, Oren, Ethel, Joan, Addison, Steve, Becky, Wayne, Bob Dodson, Mark, Lauren, Gary, Bob Curtit, Emma, Brenda, Rosemarie, Bob Yelenek, John, Debbie, Mary, Fred, Lisa, Jen, Catherine, Deborah, Joe, Phil, Louise, Ruth, Loetta, Glennon, Dennis Stellwagen, Dennis Knaust, and also Sandy Voskamp, who's in the Mercy Hospital undergoing tests to determine the nature of her illness. We lift up all those, Lord, as well as those we now name in our hearts. Heavenly Father, you are the great healer. Be with those who are currently dealing with these conditions or issues, and if it be your will, heal them completely and give them a sense of your presence during these difficult times as they reach out to you for comfort. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for our leaders who hold positions of service nationally in our state and in our local communities, as well as the leaders of our own Lutheran Synod. Father, these people have accepted the responsibility of leadership as part of their commitment to serve. Send your Holy Spirit to give them true wisdom, to govern in a way that glorifies your name. Keep them mindful of those who cannot speak for themselves, especially the unborn, 
Lord, in your mercy. We pray for all the brave men and women who serve in the military, especially those who serve in the most dangerous places. We lift up to you in prayer Christopher Smith, who is serving in the Navy, Luke Shays, who is serving in the Marines, and David Hessman, who is deployed overseas, as well as their families who pray and wait for their safe return. We think of all first responders, police, fire, and emergency personnel. Father, we pray that you will send your heavenly angel to watch over them, to protect them against all harm, strengthen and encourage them so they can remain strong and courageous. Lord, in your mercy. For anniversaries being celebrated. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you instituted holy matrimony, blessed and honored it with the presence of your son at the marriage at Cana in Galilee, and even now continue to protect and preserve it. We thank you for the fatherly love and grace which you have bestowed upon Robert and Marjorie Harris, who are celebrating 63 years of Christian union through their marriage. Continue to be with them, Lord, until the end of their days, even as you have guided them in the past. Be their health, strength, refuge, and life as they serve as an example to all whom honor your blessing of marriage. Lord, in your mercy. We can't help but think upon the senseless deaths just recently of those murdered in El Paso, Texas. Lord, we ask the question, why can these things happen? How can this be possible? And yet we know the answer is because of this fallen world. We pray, Lord, that you would be with all of those affected by this senseless murdering. Send your Holy Spirit to give them comfort and assurance that all those who believe will indeed see your face once again. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, I offer up a special prayer for this congregation of yours. As you continue to bless us, keep us focused on what's important in our lives. Help each of us find the time to be in your word, spend time in daily prayer, Strengthen our hearts for mission. And finally, nurture the love we have for you and each other. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We pray together the prayer our Lord himself gave us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Before the Lord gets the last word, and he always gets the last word, when we sing these two last verses of this closing hymn, I'd ask that you really think about what's being said here. Very moving. So with that, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Please be seated. 
couple of announcements. Uh, the Trinity Choir will begin rehearsals for the coming choir season starting August the 7th at 6.30. Uh, we meet every first and third Wednesdays of the month, so come and join the fun. And new members, you're always welcome. Rehearsals for the Trinity Ringers begin September the 4th at 5.30. They meet every Wednesday of the month. Rehearsals for the Men's Glee begin September 11th at 6.30, and they meet every second and fourth Wednesday of the month. And then finally, uh, we will be having a Braille on Tuesday, August the 6th, on both 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. sessions. Okay? Anything else? Well, listen, you go have a great week and enjoy the week that God has in store for you. It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray you've benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you're not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on FreistatRadio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things. Welcome to this recording of hymns from the Synod's forthcoming hymnal, Lutheran Service Book. The 23 selections on this disc demonstrate the rich textual and musical variety contained in LSB. The hymns are presented in the order in which it's You Everlasting Doors, LSB 339. Our first selection, an Advent hymn, depicts our Messiah entering Jerusalem to shouts of Hosanna. 
New to our congregations, the tune perfectly expresses the joy and exuberance reflected in the hymn text. thrilling voice is sounding, LSB 345. The next hymn directs our attention to the voice of John the Baptist, who proclaims that Christ's coming is near. In Lutheran service book, this Advent text is combined with the tune Merton, the melody most widely associated with this text elsewhere in Christendom. Mm. 